Chapter Thirty Three of Southern Arabia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Southern Arabia by James and Mabel Bent. Chapter Thirty Three, Mount Haghier and Fereghet after leaving our camp at saihon we took a path in a southwesterly direction and after a few days of somewhat monotonous travelling we came again into the deeper valleys and finer scenery of the central districts of the island through them we made our way in the direction of mount haghier socotra without mount haghier would be like a body without a soul the great mass of mountains which occupies the centre of the island rises in many jagged and stupendous peaks to the height of nearly five thousand feet at all seasons of the year it catches the fugitive sea mists which so rarely visit the arabian coasts and down its sides flow sparkling streams and bubbling cascades the gebel bit molek a name which by the way sounds as if it had an assyrian origin is the highest peak it is very sheer and unapproachable at its summit and though only four thousand nine hundred feet high will give trouble to the adventurous crag climber who is bent on conquering it then there are the driat peaks the adona peaks and many other piercing the sky like needles around which wild goats and civet cats roam but no other big game in the lower ground are found quantities of wild donkeys which the bedouin complained were in the habit of trampling upon and killing their goats whether these donkeys are naturally wild or descendants of escaped tamed ones i am unable to say some are dark and some are white and their skins seem to be more glossy than those of the domestic moke the bedouin like to catch them if they can with the hope of taming them for domestic use the glory of mount hagier is undoubtedly its dragon's blood tree draconia cinnabari found scattered at an elevation of about one thousand feet and upwards over the greater part of socotra certainly it is the quaintest tree imaginable from twenty feet to thirty feet high exactly like a green umbrella which is just in the process of being blown inside out i thought one of our party thought them like huge green toadstools another like trees made for a child's noah's ark the gum was called kinabare but the arab name is katir the sokoteri name is eda it is a great pity that the socotrans of to-day do not make more use of the rich ruby-red gum which issues from its bark when punctured and which produces a valuable resin now used as varnish but the tree is now found in more enterprising countries in sumatra in south america and elsewhere 
so the export of dragon's blood from its own ancient home is now practically nil if the dragon's blood tree with its close set radiating branches and stiff aloe-like leaves is quaint and some might be inclined to say ugly it has nevertheless its economic use but not so its still quainter comrade on the slopes of mount hagier the gouty swollen-stemmed adenium this i think is the ugliest tree in creation with one of the most beautiful of flowers it looks like one of the first efforts of dame nature in tree-making happily abandoned by her for more graceful shapes and forms the swollen and twisted contortions of its trunk recall with a shudder those miserable sufferers from elephantiasis its leaves are stiff and formal and they usually drop off as if ashamed of themselves before the lovely flower like a rich colored large oleander blossom comes out the adenium bears some slight resemblance on a small scale to the unsightly baobab tree of africa though it tapers much more rapidly and looks as if it belonged to a different epoch of creation to our own trees at home then there is the cucumber tree another hideous stemmed tree swollen and whitish and the hill slopes covered with this look as if they had been decorated with so many huge composite candles which had guttered horribly at the top of the candle are a few short branches on which grow a few stiff crinkly leaves and small yellow flowers which produce the edible fruit this tree in socoteri kamhan the dendrosicius socotrana of the botanist is like the language of the bedouin found only on socotra and is seldom more than ten or twelve feet in height it is a favorite perch for three or four of the white vultures which swarm in the island and the picture formed by these ungainly birds on the top of this ungainly tree is an odd one to the south of mount hagier one comes across valleys entirely full of frankincense trees with rich red leaves like autumn tints and clusters of blood-red flowers no one touches the trees here and this natural product of the island is now absolutely ignored then there are the mirrors also ignored and other gum-producing plants and the gnarled tamarinds affording lovely shade and the fruit of which the natives oddly enough do know the value of and make a cooling drink therewith then there are the three euphorbias which look as if they were trying to mimic the dragon's blood the branches of which the natives throw into the lagoons so that the fish may be killed and the poisonous milky juice of which they rub on the bottoms of their canoes to prevent leakage such are among the oddest to look upon of socotra's vegetable productions wild oranges too are found on mount hagier of a very rich yellow when ripe but bitter as gall to eat and the wild pomegranate with its lovely red flowers and small yellow fruit 
the flannelly coating of which only is eaten instead of the seeds as is the case with the cultivated one the vegetable world is indeed richly represented in this remote island and one could not help thinking what possibilities it would offer for the cultivation of lucrative plants such as tobacco which is now grown by the natives in small quantities as is also cotton and perhaps coffee and tea would thrive on the higher elevations the bedouin would bring us aloes both in leaf and in solution in hopes that we might take a fancy to this venerable socotran production now a very little of it is collected and everybody takes what he likes from the nearest source whereas i believe in former times when aloes were an object of commerce here the plantations were strictly divided off by walls and the owners jealously looked after their property the way the aloe juice is collected is this as the abyssinians do when they are going to wash clothes the aloe gatherers dig a hole in the ground and line it with the skin then they pile old leaves points outward all around till the pressure makes the juice exude this at first is called taif diho or riho both of the latter words used for water though the former is the most usual it is left till it is firmer and drier and this takes about a month then it is called taif geshisha when it has dried for about six weeks it is nearly hard and called taif kasahal it is exported in skins the collection of dragon's blood is carried on just like that of the mastic in kios the drops are knocked off into bags the drops which come off unbroken are the most valued and called eda amselo then the nice clean broken bits are picked out and called eda daka the refuse with bits of dirt bark and leaves stuck in it eda this is made up into cakes with a little resin and sold very cheap my husband as usual made the botanical collection and i believe it contained a few novelties but for further particulars on the flora of socotra and the trees thereof i must refer you to professor bailey balfour's very huge and equally interesting book we were so fortunate as to have it with us and it added much to our pleasure our way was over broken ground with little of interest save the lovely views over mountain and gorge and the many dragon frankincense and mere trees past an open space in which is the village of jahaida where the inhabitants had cultivated some little fields to roshi where there was no village but a good deal of water we encamped in a cattle pen the camel men making themselves a capital house with floors walls and sides of the thick mats of the camels these mats are really like hard mattresses nearly one inch thick and very stiff about one yard long by two feet wide we always tried to encamp in a field if we could as then we were sure of some earth for the tent pegs 
after three days during which i do not think our guides knew their way very well we went over a steep pass up and down into the deep valley of eshab we had wandered about a good deal backwards and forwards over stony wolds and the men all disagreed as to the direction and we had scrambled up a valley off our road to see some supposed inscriptions a much more dangerous place than the kadhop road the eshab valley with its rich red stone dotted with green and its weird trees forms an admirable foreground to the blue pinnacles of hagir tropical and alpine at the same time the climbing was most tremendous up first and then down very steeply all over large sharp loose stones till we reached the water the camel men leaning backwards holding their camels by their tails with all their might by way of putting on the drag when we reached the valley we gladly mounted our camels and squeezed through woods and often were nearly torn off we encamped in a sweet place with a stream and shade and a most fragrant carpet of basil some of which we had in our soup and some of which was carried on for future use we found the management of our milk tins rather difficult we often had to resort to them for surrounded though we were by herds of cattle the supply of fresh milk was very irregular sometimes we could have more than we wanted and at others none at all it is pretty dear too in socotra as so much is used up for the ghee on january seventeenth we forced our way on through more woods the peak of tof seeming to fill up the end of the valley to the wadi di shell and crossed over to the wadi di kadik where we settled near a wide river in a beautiful grassy spot with many trees entwined with monkey ropes rejoicing that on the following day we should reach Feregge or Fereghet, where we intended to rest some time we had heard from amar a delightful description of it and as we have so often been disappointed under such circumstances we said we would take all possible enjoyment out of the pleasures of hope beforehand but really this time we had everything we expected including a wide rocky river enabling us to bathe develop photographs and set up a laundry Fereghet was in fact a most charming spot here our tents were pitched beneath wide-spreading tamarinds and we could walk in shade for a considerable distance under these gigantic old trees Fereghet, moreover was the site of an ancient ruined town which interested us exceedingly walls eight to ten feet thick had been constructed out of very large unhewn boulders externally filled with rubble to check the torrent which in the rainy season rushes down here carrying all before it to the sea these walls showing much skill in keeping a straight line are clearly the work of an age long gone by when weight moving was better understood than it is at present 
and doubtless the ruins of Fereghet may be traced back to the days when Socotra was resorted to for its gums. The fine old tamarind trees had done much to destroy the colossal wall, only about one hundred feet of which now remains, still about five feet high but there are many other traces of ruins and a small fort of later date it is likely enough that fereghet was a great centre of the trade of the island for frankincense myrrh and dragon's blood grow copiously around and the position under the slopes of hagier and almost in the middle of the island was suitable for such a town we opened the tomb not very far from Fereget with a great block of stone over it, six feet long by three feet thick, but the ill-conditioned relatives of the deceased had placed nothing therein save the corpse, and we were annoyed not to find any trace of inscriptions near this ruined town, which might have thrown some light on the subject. All I feel sure of is that the portuguese did not build this town as it is commonly asserted in fact we did not see any building on the island which can definitely be ascribed to that nation below Fereghet, the valley gets broader and runs straight down to the sea at the south of the island where the streams from mount hagier all lose themselves in a vast plain of sand called noget which we could see from the mountains up which we climbed this is the widest point of the island of socotra and it is really only thirty-six miles between the ocean at tamarida and the ocean at noget but the intervention of mount hagier and its ramifications make it appear a very long way indeed the island to the east and to the west of its great mountain very soon loses its fantastic scenery and its ample supply of water the most remarkable peak we could see from fereghet was adona the topmost point of this mountain is split we saw this clearly afterwards when we continued our journey up the valley but from fereghet i found it out by seeing a small cloud passing through it to look at the mountains you would think they were made of black stone with a few patches of red lichen but really these patches of red are the natural rock showing amongst the fine black lichen which covers the mountains the channels of the water in the river bed are shown by this blackness and the water looks like an inky stream beyond fereghet we were near a river the water of which was very low the main bed of the water channel was all black and above this was a coat of white over the blackened stones and as the remaining pools were all white i suppose that some white tributary continues flowing later than the black stream the few bedouin who live round fereghet were in constant contact with our camp as you will understand when you know that our tent was pitched exactly on their high road a little narrow path they behaved most kindly in going aside the women used to bring us aloe plants just torn up and seemed much disappointed at finding that we did not find any use for them 
we heard from them that there is only one leper on the island and he lives alone in the hills our sheltering tamarind trees wide-spreading and gnarled abounded in doves some were small ones like ours and some of the parrot kind whose cawing was far from sedative we enjoyed wandering in the shade of the fig trees wild and unprofitable the date and other trees around us stood the relics of a bygone race of men who had ill-naturedly left us no inscriptions on stone and no clue to tell us who they were mountains hemmed us in on every side and any little wind was very refreshing for we were only about four hundred feet above the sea level and quite sheltered from our now only too well-known northeast monsoon on a kind of promontory by a deep pool in the river is a building of stones and mortar later in style than the wall and equally inexplicable probably a fort it is impossible to describe the fantastic beauty of the delightful ferraget we were quite sorry to leave it on january twenty four we rode a little way along the river passing a single fan palm tree very tall and bare and then had another great climb up and down we passed a good many old tombs which had been opened they were made of large slabs we found one in the evening not far from our camp so we opened it the following morning before starting after a great deal of trouble with the pickaxes and crowbar nothing was found but bones we measured the top stone six feet five inches by two feet ten inches and one foot five inches thick we next scrambled up a wooded mountain steep enough but nothing to the downward scramble there was no particular road one had to stick one's heels into trailing masses of sharp chips and blocks of red stone and let them slide as short away as they would the booted portion of our party began to feel great anxiety as to foot gear we wondered if our boots could possibly last to tamarida where we had left a good deal of baggage that is clothes that we had needed on the steamer we used to apply the gums of various trees to the soles and toes to retard consumption the camels sat down and slid or looked as if they were doing so the camel men holding the tails nearly lay on their backs but we reached the river safely and camped there and rode most of next day up a valley crossing the water often we had to wind in and out of clumps of trees sometimes lying on our camels to get under branches and finally after going through thick woods stopped at the foot of some mighty mountains though many of our camps on mount hagir and the expeditions therefrom were very delightful i think this one called yehazahas was decidedly the prettiest it was low down on the southern slope of mount hagir 
our tents were pitched in a grove of palm trees at the meeting of two rushing streams tangled vegetation hung around us on every side and whichever way we looked we had glimpses of granite peaks and rugged hillsides clad with dragon's blood the village was quite hidden by trees and creepers but its inhabitants were away on the higher pasturage and our men occupied the empty tenements we stayed there a couple of days and the first evening as we were sitting in our tent after tea a tremendous noise and shouting proceeded from the direction of our kitchen this proved to be occasioned by the discovery of some long-suspected sugar thieves they were the three youngest of our camel drivers they were all tied to a palm tree with their arms round it and amar began scourging them with a rope i begged them off my husband thought i had been foolish particularly as the scourging had not been ordered by him the boys certainly did not seem to mind it a bit however the elder men consulted and amar brought a rupee next morning as a fine which my husband thought it right to accept the red mountains here assume a greyish-white appearance the land shells seemed to grow larger on the tops of the mountains we found some about three inches in length on leaving yehazahaz there was no riding for us but a climb afoot straight up a steep pass and down across a river and over a second pass the way was mostly rough and through woods but there were a few little grassy bits we descended only about one hundred feet and pitched our tents on a flattish spongy piece of grass near a pretty streamlet overhung with begonias and many other flowers at a spot called adahan where a sort of pass winds its way between the granite peaks we were encamped for several days at an elevation of close on three thousand feet above the sea level here when the mist came down upon us we were enveloped in clouds rain and wretchedness but the air to us was cool and invigorating though i fear our scantily clad attendants found it anything but agreeable there were drawbacks too to the enjoyment of our mountain camps in the shape of several kinds of pernicious grasses which grew thickly round our tent and the seeds of which penetrated relentlessly into everything grass thorns invaded our day and night raiment getting into places hitherto deemed impregnable and the prickly sensation caused by them was irritating to both body and mind from adahan one could easily ascend to the highest ground though perhaps one ought not to say easily for climbing is no joke up here through dense vegetation and rocky gullies looking down into the gorges we enjoyed some splendid effects and were constantly reminded of the grand coral of madeira there were many trees and flowering shrubs rocky needles and pinnacles all around us and the view of the ocean to the north and by climbing up we could catch sight of the ocean to southward too my husband tried to ascend the highest peak in the island 
driate it is called by the bedouin but when he had gone as far as possible the peak soared above him about four hundred feet sheer and impracticable quite bare of vegetation an alpine club would find plenty of amusement in socotra the bottoms and sides of the valleys filled with bulbous plants and rank vegetation enormous dragon's blood trees the long valleys of fereget and yehazahaz winding their way to the coast the rugged mass of bit molek and the view over both seas make my husband said as interesting a natural view as it is possible to conceive the clouds had fortunately rolled themselves up for the occasion we had however during our stay so much wet that we had a special fire to dine by and by it a very rudely constructed clothes horse to dry our dripping garments our kitchen fire was the constant resort of the bedouin of the neighbourhood coming to see us and bring provisions to sell we had plenty of milk and one day bought a tiny calf for three rupees the camel men who skinned it tried to keep the head as their perquisite but matthaeus secured it and put it in our soup to our surprise the two somali servants hashi and mahmoud would in consequence eat none of the soup nor any meat they usually ate anything that was going a lame bedou brought us some green oranges and potatoes which were really the roots of a convolvulus they were not bad when baked in the ashes but hard when boiled he also brought us a sweet herb which they used to stuff pillows with the greetings of the bedou always amuse us they first put cheek to cheek and then rub noses in the most matter-of-fact way so we may infer that this mode of salutation is in vogue in the mara country it was pleasant to be among such friendly people who had no horror of us and did not even seem much surprised at seeing us there and to be able to go off quite alone for a scramble so safely end of chapter thirty three recording by shenna sayre fresno california